Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for our second episode of 2019. We are, as always, happy to be here, happy to be back. Say hello, Joe. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um. Yeah, we have a we have a good show. We have some show, great, lots of stuff to talk about. Some good questions. We have a glass review coming up. We have a new trailer dropped. We got some interesting, interesting topics on some some film news, and then we're going to end up with some some cool theme park stuff. A segment yep. we did last year uh, that you guys really liked. We're going to go back to it and do a little bit, uh, kind of a rehash of that as well. But we will always start with some questions. As always, we appreciate your questions. Please feel free to send them in to us any way possible. We promise we'll get to them. This question is specifically for you, Joe. Okay. Since you are such a big fan, big fan of theme parks and roller coasters, what is your favorite attraction at California's Great America? Shout out to Bay Area theme parks. Of course, there's only one Bay Area theme park. That's all right. I think I think the the fan was just was shouting out Bay Area. Okay. So represent right. Bay Area wherever that is. So what's your favorite attraction? Area Nation. Um, attraction at California is Great America. I was going to say, if if I do appreciate the question, but let me clarify a little bit. I'm not a huge fan, per se, of theme parks. Or roller coasters, right? Roller coasters is more appropriate. Okay. But I do appreciate the question. I will respond. I just wanted to take note of that, that Mac, I'd say, is, is, is the more theme park uh, connoisseur here of the two of us. Okay. But... Um, I'm, I'm more of a roller coaster fanatic. That would be what I would say. Um, great America. Uh, I haven't been in a while. It's been a couple of years. So there has been a couple of rides that have been added. Um, I had to look up, uh, one of them because it's a brand new ride. It opened last year called the rail blazer. I haven't been on it yet. It looks very, very cool, but I haven't been on it. I've only seen like the YouTube videos. Of the rides that I've been on, my favorite attraction would still have to be, I'm going to call it Flight Deck, even though I know it is Top Gun. Okay. used to be called Top Gun. It had a great theme to the ride. Since Paramount is no longer the has the rights to the theme park, all of the movie, I guess, uh, all the movie memorabilia, the movie naming rights and all that stuff went by the wayside. So. Mm-hmm. But I do like Flight Deck. It is it's one of the best ride roller coasters I've ever been on, and that's just me um, personally. Okay. I like I like the fact that it's a floorless coaster. Um, I've never sat on any, on that ride anywhere but the front, and it's it's one of those rides where if you do sit in behind, you don't get the same view, and it's not as an enjoyable of a ride in my opinion i've i've sat like one time i take that back i did i think i sat in the back once and it was it's still an enjoyable ride it's not like it's a rough ride or anything like that but you just can't really see where you're going because there's seats obviously in front of you um i do have to i do want to go there again soon because um to my knowledge i did some research and great america is going to get a big facelift so um, there's plans to kind of revamp the theme park and make it not only just a Bay Area attraction, but also like a, a worldwide attraction. 
They're going to add some new coasters, some new attractions. Apparently, they had to get approval from Santa Clara, and they, I guess, are in the process of doing that. I know that's kind of a long answer question, long answer to the question, but um, yeah, Flight Deck, Top Gun, Gold Striker isn't far behind. Um, it's kind of a hybrid uh, wooden roller coaster. I, I very much enjoy that, but I do have to get to back to the park and uh, check out Railblazer. It looks very cool. Okay, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's right by the right by Levi, so obviously you know a facelift and things like that will we'll do it good, and it could certainly draw back some business in its heyday. So thanks for the question. Another question we have was our general thoughts on the Oscar hosting situation. So to kind of give a little bit of background before Joe gives an answer. Uh, Kevin Hart was originally the first host that was asked, and then kind of similar to a James Gunn situation, he had some questionable tweets in his past, which he had already addressed, but under kind of pressure, he had already quit the job, and now as of this point, there is no host for the Oscars, we're about a month away, so what what ABC and the Academy have kind of planned to do is kind of go hostless. To kind of have a variety of people speak throughout the throughout the event. Uh, one bit of news that's kind of trickled through is that ABC and the Academy have asked actors of the MCU to not present at the Golden Globes, which they didn't, or at the SAG Awards to potentially have an Avengers Avengers assembly kind of hosting the situation, which would be good for ratings. Yep. But it could also be kind of a we've talked about this before, where you're having the kind of some of the stars at these award shows kind of being there, but maybe not their films are not being represented. So who knows that maybe that's, maybe that's not really important to some, but I think it, it's worth a, uh, a deep dive. So go ahead and give me your thoughts on it, Joe, just on the in general situation on the Oscars kind of going hostless at this moment. Um, obviously this would be a first for the Oscars to have a, to have, what, why are you shaking your head? They, they've, they've done it without a without a single solitary host before. It's what? been a while. It's I can't tell time. you the, the dates, but oh, I know well. that it's been it's been done before a couple of times. I don't know. Maybe I read something different. Perhaps I perhaps I read something different. But anyway, um, to answer your question, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously we live in a politically correct in, uh, climate these days. So anybody who takes to social media needs to be, and and they are in the limelight needs to be, you know, regardless if this is a decade ago. Um, I mean, be careful what you put on social media. I mean, we've kind of talked about that before. Um, so, I mean, it's not a surprise that Kevin Hart would not have the job in response to, um, things that he's inappropriate things that he's mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised there. Um, I do also think that since we are in, I guess, the – I guess I could call it the era of superhero movies, that it would make sense that a that – an, and also since ABC is kind of partners with Disney, which is partners – Disney owns it, right? Disney, Disney, owns, Disney owns, owns ABC. Yep. So it makes sense that they would kind of be self-serving and, and – It's a great point. And use the actors to promote um, – you know, Endgame, which comes out in April, and even Captain Marvel, which comes out before well, then. Just give the Academy Awards a little ratings. Boost yeah, too, right? well, not yeah, that too. I mean, because obviously people are 
are going to see their these superhero movies in droves. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have the actors and actresses um, kind of quasi host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I don't know I I I could really, I don't really watch the Oscars. You're more likely to watch it than I will. Mm-hmm. But I even if I was to, I wouldn't watch it for a host. Okay. So I don't see this as being a huge hit. I mean. If they're, I don't know that necessarily these Marvel movies, you know, we've talked about Black Panther and we've talked about Infinity War, you know, will, will it get nominated or whatever for Best Picture or something like that. Um, I don't know that having the actors and actresses from those movies be kind of a host is going to boost their chances of get winning and winning an award. Sure. I I don't see this as being anything other than how can we attract viewers and this is kind of a last minute patchwork um, that they have to, you know, they have to patchwork the quilt, if you will, and kind of make, make, uh, you know, make do with what they can, with what they can do last minute. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this seems like the best situation they can come up with, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as hindering or helping the chances of any movie other than it would promote the movies that have yet to come out. But I don't think it's going to be like, Oh, well the Avengers cast is hosting the Oscars. Black Panther is definitely going to win best picture. I, that, that, that seems completely two different things for me. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think it'd be, I would obviously like it. Um, again, there would be, you could have literally dozens and dozens of different presenters and hosts. Cause there are so many actors that are a part of it now. You know, it wouldn't just be like Robert Downey Jr. going out there because you could have a whole range of actors do it. Um, who knows? It's a little, you know, certainly self-serving for ABC and Disney to do it, which could rankle some people the wrong way. Again, kind of this kind of larger corporation identity taking over. But who knows? And who knows if it's even going to actually happen? We don't actually have any confirmation on that as well. No, Oscars awesome. are about a month away, so we'll get some more news. As it goes. But thank you so much for the questions. We always appreciate the questions. Absolutely. They're good questions, obviously, since we kind of uh, didn't have a great answer, I don't think, or maybe didn't have a a succinct answer because they're kind of open-ended questions. So they're good. Those are always the best type of questions. Yes or no questions are always a little yes or no. But we do have some news to get into before we jump into our glass review. We'll do news first. Sound good? Sure. Uh, One piece of news that I wrote down that I didn't give you – the Producers Guild of America held their awards this weekend, Green Book, and won for Best Picture. Nice. Uh, why is that significant? Doesn't uh, In the last 29 uh, – how do I phrase this? I'm sorry. The last 29 Best Picture winners, 20 of those films won the Producers Guild Award. So statistically, your chances are about two-thirds if you win the Producers Guild Award – you have won, you will win the Academy Award. Again, that's not a whole big thing, but some people look at stats like that and they kind of see Green Book obviously won one of the awards for the Golden Globes and now it's won the Producers Guild Awards, so it looks to be in the driver's seat for the Academy Awards. But things can always change. SAG Awards will be next weekend. We can review those as well. Oscar nominations will fully go on on Tuesday the 21st, so that could be 
when you're listening, or it could be later on, and we'll, we'll review Oscar nominations next week as well. On to the news that I wrote down, a trailer that I know Joe didn't see, because he probably didn't see the second film, John Wick 3. You didn't see John Wick 2, did you? We saw it together. You saw John Wick 2? We saw it together, I repeat. Okay. Uh, did you like John Wick 2? It was okay. You, you going to give John Wick 3 a chance? John Wick 2 was, was good, but again, it's a sequel. I'm out. The trailer didn't sway you one way or the other? Him riding on the horse? No. That doesn't... Halle Berry? When's the last time she did a movie? I mean, for Christ's sake. I don't know. It's, just, what? Just, it's still Halle Berry. I don't know. Oh. That's Yes, I watched the trailer, and yes, I watched John Wick 2. Again, you don't have to make a sequel to every original story. Yes, you're, it's a business. Movies, movies are a business. But there's something to be said about creativity and, I mean, how many duplicate paint – I mean, I don't know. It's just – this. never mind. I won't, I, won't, I won't digress. Okay. So John Wick 3 trailer didn't give you anything. That's okay. Well, I watched it. It looks semi – it looks quasi-interesting. And, like you know, the it has culmination, this, right? It kind of this be-all, end-all where it's like this is the final one. Yeah, but it totally – Because now he's excommunicado. The story has morphed from what it originally was, which I think was a great story. You know, the original one was him – he has he's trying to exit the hitman arena. He gets married, he has a wife, and then some guy and then he gets pulled back into it because you know some some uh unsavory characters decide to beat him up and kill his dog after his wife died and mm-hmm. you know steal his car and so he's on like a he's on like a revenge uh he's on he's he's out for blood basically. Mm-hmm. That was interesting, but now it's like, oh, he has to survive, and he, he had he had none debt to pay, and it's just I don't know. That's just me. I'm sure you're going to see it. I'm sure you'll have an open mind, but it doesn't look like it didn't it didn't give me anything in the trailer that made me want to see it. Let's put it that way. Okay, we'll see how you feel when May gets closer. Their HBO released its first Game of Thrones promo trailer. For the next season, which starts in April, um, had some cool. It did not show any footage. It just it was basically a promo trailer in the sense of it had some of the members of the House of Stark kind of walk through, and you got some voiceovers. One of the cool things is you got Jon Snow kind of looking at a statue of himself, which could symbolize many different things, obviously, because there showed other statues of other characters, some dead, some alive. Who knows? Maybe HBO, I think, does a good job of promoting the show. It's only got me more excited for the show, and they didn't have to show me anything, and they didn't. So they just really showed kind of a walkthrough thing. Uh, In the most unsurprising news of 2019, possibly, NBC Universal has announced they will start their own streaming service, which will kick off in 2020. This, of course, joins uh, Disney Plus, this uh, CBS All Access, which is already happening, and the Warner streaming service, which we've talked about at Netflix, Hulu. Uh, although I, th- I still believe Hulu is going to get kind of morphed by Disney into kind of being the adult Disney streaming service. Um, again, I think the key to these key to these streaming service could be originality, original series. What type of original shows are you producing? Interested in NBC Universal, Joe, or we're good? 
Well, uh, my only concern will be is if they decide to do sports. If, oh, okay. Because uh, NBC obviously holds a lot of sports. We talk about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We talk about that's a good point. Other, you know, basketball, football, you know. And they have Sunday Night Football. They, they have, have hockey, night, right? They yeah, have they, hockey. Yeah, they, they do have, like the Kentucky Derby and stuff like that. Yeah, and, so I mean, that's this, a great point. That'll be there. They will have all of the sports heavy hitters. Uh, they will have all the sports programming. They have a lot um, of sports of programming. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Spin still is there. With that the will be my there, concern. Yeah. Is I mean, maybe this is just the wave of the future. I mean, obviously, we've talked about this is the wave of the future of doing all these streaming services. But it will be interesting if um, you know TV becomes kind of the pick and choose of streaming services. Instead of cable TV, we've you've already we've already talked about that. Yeah. But my concern is for sports. You know, are you going to have to do one channel for ESPN? We are. There already is one, but it's just you know, ESPN is still on broadcast television. Mm-hmm. Um, is NBC going to not be on broadcast television for for their sports? You know, it's like it it it'll just be interesting to see how the next deck you know in the next couple of years right. how things unfold. And, you know, if they're going to be premium subscription services just for basic sports. Sure. You know, I don't see that as happening yet because I think that the quality and the and the viewership is so high right now. For, for live sports. For live sports. Yeah. Um, I can't see them. This, well, I mean, not that I can't see them, but I would hope that that doesn't become a fee to see those live sports. Um, who knows? Well, because right we'll now see. the fee you're paying now is basically commercials. You're watching the commercials, right? True. So, I mean, Sunday Night Football Some is Some of them are the, kind of funny, though. Sure. Sunday Night <laughs> Football is the highest rated television program yeah, on Monday, television. Monday Night's awful. Sunday Night is. Um, and again, yes, NBC is free, but how are they – how is NBC paying for the NFL? They're paying for commercial advertisements. So I think that's a good point. I didn't even think about it. If you switch over to streaming service – your streaming service, yes, it's going to cost you a base package, but it's just like Hulu. Hulu still does advertising for the basic package. If you have like the Hulu Plus where you pay like $40 a month, you skip commercials. But if you do like the $8 basic plan, you still have, you still get commercials. They still get advertising money for that. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated, of course, as it, as it goes along. Uh, some news that Joe does not care about yeah, absolutely is not. Uh, I, right, Danny Glover twice. Uh, Danny did. Glover, Danny DeVito, and Aquafina are joining the cast of Jumanji Two. Not Danny Glover twice. Sorry about that, Joe. That probably throws off your entire show. I right thought there. it was maybe Danny Glover uh, and his dad. Uh, yeah, Danny Glover. Yes. Um, so Jumanji Two, of course, will have The Rock uh, with Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Karen Gillan will all return. The premise is unknown, but those three actors are joining Jumanji 2. It's not selling Joe because he hasn't seen Jumanji 1 yet. No. Nope. But that's okay. Uh, some news that I think will affect Joe. Absolutely. Is Fox has officially ended all of its Marvel films in development, which includes the Channing Tatum-led Gambit, Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, while Phoenix, the Phoenix Saga, and New Mutants are still scheduled to be released. No word on X-Force. So just to give an update, the Fox and Disney merger is going well. Everything is kind of being incorporated, taking a little bit longer with lawyers and such. 
but they are expecting like March 1st or something, beginning of March for everything to be done. There are no hiccups or anything. There's just a lot of licenses and a lot of paperwork that kind of needs to go through. It took them longer than thought. So again, this makes sense that they're not going to develop these new films when Marvel's about to get all these rights. But they're still going to release the Phoenix Saga in the summer, so you're excited about that. New Mutants is more of a horror film. I still don't... I I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I don't think New Mutants will ever see the light of day. New Mutants was supposed to be released in 2017, I think. Um, They keep pushing it back for reshoots. Now they're saying late 2020 for doing reshoots. I don't think they're ever going to see... I think we'll see New Mutants on some streaming service one day. Just kind of get dropped randomly. I don't think it's ever going to get released in the theaters. There was a trailer for it like a year and a half, two years ago, almost. And they've talked about reshoots and all that stuff. Um, no surprise, really, for all this stuff. Yeah, I mean. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we've. Unfortunately, there will probably come a day when X-Men are partnered with the MCU. This is the last go round. And so, I mean, I know you weren't too excited about the phoenix movie coming out if phoenix absolutely crushes it like it's the best thing since sliced bread it's not gonna happen though it's not gonna be the best thing since sliced bread if it's like first class or days of futures past and everyone loves it then maybe kevin feige's like hey we could just morph this into what we already have versus like recasting it or just putting it to the side because again right now in my opinion i could be wrong this is just my opinion the only thing I think they're going to go forward with when it comes to the Fox properties is Deadpool. And they'll they'll reboot Fantastic Four sooner than later because I think that's a bigger property. But Deadpool is the only thing that's going to go forward in How my opinion. How many times have they done Fantastic Four? This will be the third time if they do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but they've never done it right though. That's so In my funny. opinion. That's so um, So again, I think there is a chance if, if Dark Phoenix just absolutely crushes it. Which it could happen. I don't Who think knows? It's gonna crush it. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? We'll go in with I'm an open mind. I'm excited for it. I want to see. We'll it. go in with an open mind and see what they can't, have. Can't go wrong with X Men. Can't. Yeah. There's. There are so many wonderful X Men characters. Um, the potential is endless. Is limitless. To be honest. Uh, some other Disney news. Disney. This is not. This does not make Joe happy. There's lots of news you wrote down that doesn't make me happy. I, I'm just a reporter, I'm just a Joe. Grump, I'm just a grumpy person today, aren't I? I'm just a reporter, Joe. Don't blame the messenger. Disney is set to make a live-action adaptation of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It will be, of course, based... It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Based on the 1996 animated film and will incorporate some songs from the Disney Broadway version. Josh Gad is rumored to star as The Hunchback. It's interesting there's no word if it's set for a theatrical release or if it will be set on the Disney Plus streaming service. So we'll go on the first one. You're just not happy that they're doing this, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, You've not seen the Broadway version or heard the Broadway songs, I'm going to assume, right? Have you? I've never seen it. I've never seen the Broadway version. I've never seen the songs. It's... It's, it's it's, it's like... So it's like Lion King, right? They've expanded the story... They expanded the songs. There's and all new this. songs in the Lion King. Yeah, no, I'm saying in, in yeah the in Broadway that, version. Yeah, yeah, because because the because the because the movie's like an hour and a half, so they make yeah. the Broadway show okay. like a two and a half hour show. Um, Josh Gad, of course, is uh, familiar with Disney. You know Olaf and Frozen and some other Disney things. Frozen. That's okay. Um, so do you know you know who Josh Gad is though, right? I don't. Okay, no problem. I think you'd, you'd recognize him if you saw his face. Okay. Um, 
this is interesting to me. This is a very personal story to Joe. This is one of his, I don't want to speak for Joe. It's one of your favorite Disney movies, maybe. Top five. Top five. Um, I don't want to upset Joe, but I'll say this maybe might not be a Disney classic in terms of oh, the no, Pantheon. It's not. it's not. Okay. That's okay. So that's when I, that's the only reason why I'm kind of pointing that out is. But I remember seeing it as a child and I mean, yeah. and when you put it on, like when you. I've watched it recently. When yeah, you were watching good. the movie recently, I was dancing around. I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Kevin Klein's in it. It's got some good stuff. Um, my point was. You're getting the larger films like your Cinderella's and your Beauty and the Beast and your Lion King's. They're the ones that are going to theaters. And you get your smaller films like your Lady and the Tramps, your Mighty Ducks, your things like that. Those are going to the Disney Plus streaming service where maybe they're not the full $200 million budget films. Probably. But they're the smaller films. You see The Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of being yeah, in that I vein. Can, I, I, I would agree, yes. Okay. That's probably where it belongs. Okay. Um, Who knows? I mean, again, I, not excited about this mm-hmm. in the slightest, but I mean, not surprising. You not surprised when you yeah. saw the news. Yeah. I'm okay. Disappointed, but yes. Okay. Not surprised. Yeah. No. I. I very much. Okay. I don't even think I saw the film in theaters, to be honest. But I, did I, I did. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's a, yeah. it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um. So I think we're gonna kind of pass the baton here, and because. Uh, I had some things that, or I had part of the news I wanted yeah, to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mostly because I paid for the service. Just kidding. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't matter. You take my eight dollars anytime you want, Joe. <laughs> it's not eight dollars. And you're paying and according, way too much then. And according to this, it's going to be more than eight dollars anyway. You're paying. You're paying too much. Oh, uh, Netflix is going to raise the subscriber pricing. Mm-hmm. And it's for it's effective immediately for all new subscribers, okay. but the existing subscribers will kind of be eased into the price increase. Gotcha. Um, it's basically the there's going to be like a one to two to three dollar price increase depending on the plan. Um, mm-hmm. The plan that I'm currently on is is it's like eleven ten ninety nine for. Uh, an HD standard plan, and that's going to now be thirteen dollars. So it goes from eleven, essentially eleven to thirteen dollars. Do you pay more than eight dollars? Because I have because, because I have a, because, because I have a mail order one too. Okay, I have one mail order DVD okay. or HD Blu-ray. Do you still use that occasionally? Not very mm-hmm. often, though. No. I'm just curious. I don't. Yeah, not very curious. often. I mostly. I mostly. You used I, to do it a lot, right? I used to watch it a lot. I used to watch Netflix. I mean, some people I, – I, that would be interesting an interesting research uh, to find out how many people still do the mail order uh, discs because be I remember when that first came out, that was like – that was sliced bread. Because that was it's easier bread. than – it's easier doing that than going to That's Blockbuster. That's why Blockbuster is gone. Box, That's right. why Blockbuster and Hollywood Video are know, gone. When, when Netflix first started, they actually wanted – they were like a struggling business. And I they, they wanted a partner with Blockbuster. I didn't know that. And Blockbuster was like streaming service. Get like, the hell out yeah. of it. No, not stream – wait, what? Netflix wanted a partner with Blockbuster. Why? Because Netflix was losing money. They didn't have like subscribers. And Blockbuster was like the big king on the block. And they were like, hey, we'll be Blockbuster Netflix – where your where your your customers can still go to the store, 
but they can get streaming services as well. And Blockbuster was Wait, like, no, see, that's but dumb. no, see, you're confusing me. Because, How am I confusing you? Because Netflix was not a streaming service originally. That came out very, very much later. Okay, and then it was something about how mailing DVDs or mailings, I don't know. I just know that Netflix wanted to partner with Blockbuster because when Netflix originally started, they were just losing money hand over fist. Okay. And they couldn't do it. And then, of course, Blockbuster is extinct. Yeah. Okay, so when when are we we expected to get the... the, 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 Like I said, the next couple months and like by March or so, that's when existing... Subscribers will see the increase. I mean, am I gonna begrudgingly pay the thirteen dollars a month? Yes. Am I gonna cry about it? No. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're we're paying for. In my opinion, I think we're paying for what you get there. You know, we've talked about you know there's there's these there's Netflix movies, there's Netflix TV shows, original programming. They have to pay for that. I mean, it. I don't think this is just big business being greedy. Um, that's just my opinion, my personal opinion. Um, I don't really watch all those shows. You're the one that watches a lot of the TV shows, and you know you watch Roma and Netflix and you know, all these others, original programming, you're the one that's going to be the one to take advantage of that, not me. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's still a small amount and any sort of incremental increase in any sort of small increase in price is going to be a huge percentage if they go up a dollar because it's already so cheap as yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, the Apple, the Apple, uh, phone, the iPhone comes out and they bump up the price $200, but it's still the same percentage as, as anything else, gotcha. you know, because, well, because $200 is a lot different to an $800 phone yeah. than it is to uh 13, 11 to $13. Of course. That's just me. No, um, makes sense. So I'm not, I'll pay it. I'm not, I'm not going to cry or lose sleep over it. Um, it Good. is what it is. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're getting a lot of original programming now. They have to pay for they have to pay for that, and they have to pay for all their licensing yes, and all that stuff. That's just the way it is. So did you hear about this? That Netflix had to pay a hundred dollars for Friends. So Friends was going to go off Netflix at the end of 2018, and then a whole bunch of people like signed a petition, were upset. So Netflix played paid a hundred million dollars to keep Friends. Oh, hundred million. Hundred million dollars. Just to keep friends on Netflix for 2019. Just, just for 2019. Year. And it's not exclusive because you can still watch friends on cable TV and all that stuff. That's how much money they're paying. So, yeah, these $2 increases are important for them. Um, Paramount has announced, thank you for that, by the way. Yep. Paramount has announced that Mission Impossible 7 and Mission Impossible 8 will film back to back, released in 2021 and 2022. Christopher McQuarrie will rejoin. Tom Cruise and the rest of the gang for these films. This is important for Paramount because they don't have a ton of franchises. They, of course, not going with Star Trek anymore, but they, of course, have Bumblebee happening, hopefully more Transformers films. So Mission Impossible looks to be their most bankable franchise at this point, so it's not a surprise. Filming back-to-back, who knows? I mean, Tom Cruise is... Getting a little up there in age. Again, mostly because, not mostly, but I mean, he still, for the most part, does his own stunts and does all that stuff. So, 
who knows? Do you like Fallout? You're still on, on board the Mission Impossible hype train? Wish we went back to John John Woo Mission Impossible too, though. I don't I see don't. those doves fly out behind the motorcycle. That was great. I didn't say it was it. No, he's saying that with a smirk on his face. No one can see that. Anyway, um, there is no hype train for Mission Impossible. I mean, it's just there when it's there. It's just there. It's it's not a hype train. There's a train, and it's. It'll take train. you. It'll take you from A to B, but it's not like it's a uh, original ride. It's one you've already been on. It's a ride you like going on. I'm just saying, there's not only so many villains and so many ways you can end a movie at this. You're going to bring Henry They've Cavill done... back at some somehow. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, so we don't have save any... the world again. We don't somehow. have it. We don't have Ethan any... Hunt. And hopefully don't break your leg this time on the stunts. Yeah, because that'll just cost you money. We don't have any film details, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that is somewhat new, so we we are obligated to at least report on it. Yeah. Uh, Bad Robot Productions, which is J.J. Abrams' production company, is uh, selling to the highest bidder, as it were. So Disney, Warner's, Universal, and Apple are all vying for Bad Robot Productions. The reported price tag is $500 million. This will include everything Bad Robot does from films to TV to video games to comics to theme park opportunities. Okay. We're good. Well, I just – Awesome. Um, I just – what, what do you want me to comment on? No, we're good. That's that's okay. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money but... for, uh, for a production company that's not a studio. So who knows? I don't know. I mean, they've done they've done some pretty high profile movies. I mean, they they did. They've do, done all the Mission Impossible since three. Yeah, they did the Star Treks. They did do the Star Treks. What else did they do? They uh, they do Westworld right now on HBO. They do all the Cloverfield films. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Was, how many of those were there? Uh, I only saw the first one, but there's like three or four though. Are you sure? Hmm. Okay. I didn't know there was more than one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I'm just saying they've done – I mean it's it seems like a valuable property because of the experience and because of the high-profile movies that they've done. And DJ and, Abrams is still a name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm not surprised. Now we're going to get into the meat of the show. Joe and I had the privilege of seeing Glass last weekend. We saw on Friday night, opening weekend. Go ahead. This is going to be a non-spoiler review, so we're not going to get into too many details. Just some general things. Joe, did you like it? Yes. You liked absolutely. it? Uh, the plot. You liked the plot. You liked the story it told without giving too much away, obviously. Um, without without giving too much away, I enjoyed the story. Um, I will say that if you don't enjoy the first two films – you probably won't enjoy the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much not a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of jumps you right into it the It jumps action. right into the – well, yeah. Um, it jumps you right into the plot, let's yeah, say. Sure. Maybe maybe not necessarily action, but it jumps you right into the story, the plot, and it without like a, a, a recap or anything like that. Um, there are flashes back – to the first two films, or at least the first film, Unbreakable. So if you haven't seen 
the Unbreakable or you haven't seen Split, you might not appreciate this film. Um, I thought the plot was very good. Um, I didn't think it was outstanding. It didn't blow me away. Um, I did kind of lose myself in the movie in that it was it was captivating. It was engrossing. Um, the acting was very good. Um, it's particularly um, – his name is uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. James McAvoy was very, very good again, as as he was in Split. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. He didn't blow me away like he did in Split because it wasn't like something I had already seen the character before. So in that sense, it lost the novelty for me. Um, I thought the plot was good. Um, Samuel Jackson, he was good. Uh, you know, Bruce Willis didn't do much. He didn't say. He didn't have a lot of. He didn't have a lot of. Uh, he does what Bruce Willis does. He does what Bruce Willis does. Samuel Jackson he does it good. Yeah, no, I mean it was. I thought it was overall my grade. Just to, just before before we go back into the other topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're kind of bouncing around. Sorry. The overall grade I give it either a B plus, probably a B plus. Okay. Um, it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't like an amazing, incredible cinematic achievement by any means. But it was an enjoyable movie for me. It it stimulated, you know, it made me think about what the intent of the movie was. You know, there's a lot of philosophical and, uh, you know, thought-provoking storyline, um, thought-provoking dialogue. There's a lot of symbolism in the movie that some of it I really didn't pick up on because I'm not usually good at that kind of thing. Um, but I know it was heavy on symbolism. It's heavy on philosophy and you know mm-hmm. it reminded me in some ways of the matrix series yep. because there's a lot of heavy symbolism in those movies there's a lot of deep philosophical that's yeah, a great ideas and thoughts really um sometimes it's frustrating because you may not understand what the intent is mm-hmm. but i think overall the movie was very enjoyable um what you, interested in, in what seeing? You, well, 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 before I before we go on more questions, uh-huh. what do you think? What do you think about the film? I uh, enjoyed it. I I uh, plot was not what I expected, which I think was a good thing. I, it was there wasn't some big twist or some big kind of reveal, um, but I did not know where the film was going. Exactly. Per se. Exactly. And I enjoyed that about it. Um, the trailers didn't really give anything away. And I was worried about that. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. The that. acting part of it is your, again, your, your ticket prices, you're paying for the acting. McAvoy, I think is worth the, worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. Um, it really kind of becomes his film to a certain I, extent. I would agree. Um, you know, Willis and Jackson kind of get, not that their characters are unimportant, but they are definitely overshadowed by McAvoy when he's on screen. I agree. Per se. Um, it was good. I'll give it a B overall. I enjoyed it. I'm not sure I'm rushing out to see it again per se, but who knows? In six months, nine months when it's on demand or something like that, I'll give it a second watch and maybe get some things that I missed on it before. Um, go, go, you're all about – M. Night Shyamalan, he's back for you. We'll give him another chance. I don't know that he's back. I don't know that... Next film he to, makes... To, to be honest, mm-hmm. he is... He is... In terms of... If if you're trying to guess on which films are going to be 
good or bad from M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. you would have better luck throwing darts at a dartboard than trying to figure out which films are going to do great and which are going to flop. And I say that because I really – because nobody saw a split in the theater. Yeah. Nobody did. Wow. And yet I – mean, well, it, it looked, did, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Not nobody. But it was kind of an under-the-radar film. It, yeah. it it got a lot more play, you know, and it got a lot more publicity, a lot more attention. I think once word of mouth kind of traveled, sure, you know, critics loved the movie. It got like a high score on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, to me, Glass seemed very similar to Split, and critics apparently hated it. You mentioned that the no, critics we'll hated it, that in a minute, yeah. you know. But does that really tell the whole story? No, but I mean. Is he back per se? I didn't think he was back to begin with. I mean, there are some films he makes that are really good. Some films he makes are absolutely awful. So he's not back because he never left you. He never really left, but he never he was never really here. He's not. He's not like he's not a high a high profile. I mean, Peter Jackson, I would say, is gone. Like his 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 after the movies that I've seen recently that he's made. Um, ever since the Lord of the Rings, it's kind of, that was his cinematic achievements. That was his highlight. That was his, you know, his, his glowing. Yeah. This is his moment in the cinema. That was his moment. Yeah. And that Shyamalan, he's had good movies and he's had some awful movies. Um, I really enjoyed Signs. I really enjoyed The Sixth Sense. Uh, but there has been, you know, at least four or five other ones that were pretty bad, um, one of them called After Earth with Will Smith. I think that was I think that was M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that was abysmal. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. Um, it had Jaden in it too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lady in the Water. What did you think of that? I mean, it wasn't for me. Yeah, it wasn't anything to write home about. I thought the village was pretty good. I like the, the village. village was interesting. Um, and that's what I mean. Like he does he does original movies. I'll give him that. He does original movies. Um, but sometimes they're just not well received. You mentioned this when we after we saw Glass. Mm-hmm. So Glass right now again, so, Rotten Tomatoes is not the be all end all, but it's a good overall view of how critics view the film. It's in, it's currently sitting at thirty six percent, which I think is low. Um, but I did mention this to you before. I think there are going to be people that really, really enjoy that. That was what I was going to say. And I think there are people that are just going to hate it. Yeah. Um, and if you hate it, I, I actually understand it. Like I get where you're coming from. Cause there are, there's a certain, there are certain moments in the film where he makes certain choices to go a certain way and you're either on board or you're not. And if you're not on board, I could see you sitting there at the end being like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I get it, and I understand it. I I think that's um, harsh, but that's just. And I get it, and I understand. Uh, box office wise, did really really well. Again, we've talked about it before. It's really the only one playing right now. Um, it was on a twenty million dollar budget. It did forty million dollars domestically. It did ninety million dollars worldwide. Um, so it's it's doing very well. It'll have some play by itself for the next couple weekends or so, and then we'll start to hit some of the big February movies like Lego Movie and things like that. Um, but financially, it's a success for him, as uh, as yeah, I mean, was. But we kind of knew that as well. Um, who knows? Do you think he's back? Um, or do you agree with my? I opinion? no. I mean, I think his first films 
were interesting and then it started to turn and then I think Split was a return to form for him. Okay. So I, I to me, yes. Because um, again, when Sixth Sense came out and Unbreakable and then Signs, he was like the hottest thing ever. Again, sometimes those are fads, right? People can be the hottest thing for a minute, then they fade away. Um, and he certainly faded away. Um, there's a whole kind of backstory to Shyamalan and how he does film. We can kind of dissect that at a later moment. But thirty six percent is certainly low. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. It's, it's not a top ten film for no. me for the year. I don't think, but. I didn't like it as much as I liked Split. Sure, I can so see that. It wasn't nearly as good as Split for originality, for originality and novelty reasons. Besides the fact that it wasn't as good of a movie, but I thought mm-hmm. it was a good. It was a good movie. Okay. I enjoyed it. Good. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, we are going to do some recommendations. As always, we do TV recommendations, book recommendations, film recommendations. This time of the month, we're going to do a book recommendation and a film recommendation. So first off, we're going to do a book. Do you want to go first? You got your stuff sitting sure. on the table. Sure. So uh, book I have is uh, Born a Crime. It's written by Trevor Noah, who was the host of The Daily Show. Was. He is the host of The Daily oh. Show. Um, sorry, did I say was? I thought you said was. Oh, he, is, he is the host of The Daily <laughs> yeah. Show. It uh, it's it's several different stories of his childhood living in South Africa. Um, it's a very funny book. If you if you are a fan of the Daily Show, which I am, you will like the book because it's very much kind of in that vein, that type of humor. Uh, interesting note: they are making a film adaptation of the book, and it's going to star Lupita Nyong'o. Is going to play Trevor Noah's mom in the film okay. um, again because the book is when Trevor Noah is basically a child. And kind of his stories about it. So that's the book that I chose. Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, Stories from a South African Childhood. Go ahead and give me your book, Joe. Um, I'm going to swear on this podcast only because this book. Yeah, once a month. Because this book has a swear word in the title. Um, I kind of went off a similar type uh, book that you chose. You chose kind of a biography that was a humorous story that makes you laugh. Um, this book, I thought it was written a lot earlier than this. I thought it was written in the early 2000s. It was actually written in 2010. Um, it's a short book. It's called Shit My Dad Says. Mm -hmm. And it's written by an author named Justin Halpern. And there's an interesting story about how this book came to be. Um, this, this, the author Justin Halpern created a Twitter account Based on all like the uh, idios, you know the uh, the quotes that his dad told him growing up, okay. and it just kind of blew up the internet. Um, and as a result, he got a book deal, and then, and then it became a TV show. Nice. It was only a TV show for like one season. I could have told you it wasn't going to do well, but um the book is so funny and i'm actually disappointed that it's only four stars out of five stars and on amazon because it's still pretty high but i i would i thought for sure it would crack the five star rating you know at least somewhat four and a quarter stars it's only four stars but i thought it was very very funny i mean it's a short book it's just a you know it has quotes it has like you know quotes and it has short stories parables kind of thing of of his uh you know eccentric father 
Um, you know, sometimes he's crass. Sometimes he's pretty blunt. He's, he's very blunt. And it's just – it's it's a very, very funny book. Um, okay. I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the funniest books I've ever read. Good. Um, but yeah, that's that that was my book, Shit My Dad Says by Justin Halpern. Okay. Uh, as far as the film recommendation, we're only doing one this month. Uh, I wrote down a couple because I didn't know what I was going to choose. Um, I ended up choosing this one called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened. It's a documentary on Netflix that just got released. I don't know if anyone's – most people maybe – some people have of uh, the Fire Music Festival that was happened last year in the Bahamas. It was put on by Ja Rule and some other guy named Billy, um, and it kind of was a scam to a certain extent. People got to the island, and they didn't have tents. They didn't have lodging. It's one of the kind of the craziest stories that kind of you've never heard about. Um, it's a documentary on Netflix now. Again, called Fire, the greatest party that never happened. Really interesting film. So that's what I put. Go ahead and give me your film recommendation. Jeff. I'm kind of like, I have this dumbfounded look on my face because I'd never even heard of it. The Fire Festival? Yes. Um, yeah. I, mean, I never even heard of your film. Just Well, it just got released on Netflix okay. the other day and I just watched it this weekend. Was Ja Rule in it? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in it. I mean, he's not being interviewed, but I mean, there. so it, it follows kind of how the film how the festival is kind of supposed to like be being made like they're filming it, but then it also cuts back to interviews of present day of people that were involved or guests or people that bought tickets and kind of how it like unfolds. So is this like a thing that happens every year? No, it's a, it was on one, it was supposed to be the first annual fire festival in the Bahamas. And what was it supposed to be? Uh, It's just a music festival that people kind of went, they got to go for three days and they kind of live in these kind of luxurious villas and they saw all these, like, Major Laser was supposed to be a part of it. Blink-182 was supposed to be a part of it. All these kind of major artists were supposed to kind of be this once-in-a-lifetime experience of a music festival. Um, they ended up kind of having to move islands. They didn't have they didn't have food for the guests. They didn't have enough tents for the guests. Uh, they promised these luxury villas, and they were basically, like, tents as big as, like, this room. They didn't have enough sanitation for the guests. Um, so now the so guy. So were there artists there? No, the artists. The artists didn't show up. Um, it was. Just, it's a crazy story. So where did all his money go? Uh well, I mean, they lost it all. They spent it all on. They spent it all on catering stuff that didn't come through, or all these guests that didn't come through. Um, so the guy Billy is is in, is going to jail now for like seven years for oh, laundering. That's, that's his. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting film. Okay. I, I'd heard about the Fire Festival, um, you know, something that if you didn't know about or didn't pay attention to it, it's an interesting kind of documentary okay. behind the scenes. Interesting. Yep. Um, I did a more traditional movie. Um, this is a movie that I haven't watched in quite some time, but it's definitely on my top ten movies of all time. I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not uh, it doesn't get rated higher in terms of critic critically rated um you know rotten tomato scores and whatnot um it came out in two thousand four so it's fairly recent um it was kind of a revolutionary movie in my opinion um and that is the movie crash um it was in and, and the reason that i the reason that I mentioned this movie is because I can think of no I can think of no other movie that would be 
I mean, it's not an informative movie. It's not, you're not going to, I mean, it stimulates discussion. It's a movie about prejudices and whatnot. I can think of no other movie that would be worth watching in our political climate today than that movie. And I say that because where we're at and not to get political on this, on this podcast, but we're so like our, how we are as a country, we need to watch movies like that so that it stimulates discussion and it's okay. We don't need to watch movies like this, but we need to stimulate discussion on what's going on, you know? And that to me is the most important aspect of, you know, overcoming prejudices and whatnot. Um, I think it's an amazing movie. It's, it has, it has multiple storylines that get intertwined. It was really kind of revolutionary. I had never seen a movie like that before. I mean, there have been spinoffs since then where people try to incorporate multiple storylines into one story and, you know, it was really kind of the first of its kind, in my opinion. I had never seen anything like it. And the fact that it was so racially and prejudicially tense, it was a very tense and hard movie to watch at times. Um, but I very much enjoyed the fact that it's, it's, it's a thought-provoking film. It's overly thought-provoking. It makes you think about your own prejudices. It makes you think about... You know, just just lots of different aspects of how people treat each other, how people act. Um, I think it's an amazing movie. It's it's one of my top tens by far. But that's Crash, two thousand four, came out in two thousand four. Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what, what what's that? What's you didn't that? like that. You didn't like that film choice. It's okay. It's a good movie. You thought it was okay, huh? It was okay. Okay. It won the Academy Award that year. It did win the Academy Award. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, But it's got like a 70% of Rotten Tomatoes and it won the Academy Award. I'm not surprised by that. Why is that? You didn't like the film? It was okay. Um, Is it because it had Ludacris in it? I think that was Ludacris' first acting. First acting debut. Or he might have been in Too Fast. I don't know if he was in Too Fast or not. I don't know. Um, he was too fast, too furious. Yeah, yeah, so he too fast might have been his first movie. Um, but you didn't like it. You didn't like that. Uh, I think you're right in terms of the dialogue that needs to happen. I thought the film hits certain notes and it, it oversaturizes those notes to a certain extent. Like it, it knows how it wants to make you feel, and it pushes those feelings on you. Great performances. I thought there were some more. Like Michael Pena, I thought was great in the movie. Danny Newton's great in the movie. Um, just wasn't my favorite movie. But that's okay. Every, that's why they're your personal film recommendations. It's a tough, it's a tough movie to watch. I'll say sure. that. It's a sure. very tough. I had, There was a friend of mine that there's some certain scenes in it that are very difficult to watch. I'm not saying it's a pleasant movie. I'm just saying it. You're just saying it's a movie. It's a movie, and it's it's an emotionally gripping movie. It's there you go. If you liked it, you liked it. Yeah. Uh, next up, something we've both been waiting for for years. Oh yes. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. The trailer has dropped this week. Gave us a little bit of story. Gave us a little background. Sure. Uh, didn't didn't talk about anything about 
Endgame or Infinity War, which is fine, it, which is what I, I want. I want the surprise. When's this, when this come out anyway? July. Okay, so this is after. <clears throat> it's after Endgame. Okay, so. Um, so Peter Nick Parker. Fury's back. Yeah, well, Peter Parker's back, which is the big one. He is still being Spider-Man. Uh, Aunt May knows that he's Spider-Man, which we saw from the last one. She's apparently cool with it. He is going on a European vacation with his friends. You see the interaction with MJ. Their relationship, their friendship has kind of veered onto the romantic side a little bit. A little cautious. Uh, he decides not to bring his spider suit or any of his spider suits to Europe because he wants to just be with his friends. Of course, it's Spider-Man movie, so that's not going to happen. Nick Fury is there. Um, we still got our first look as Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. You saw him without the helmet, then you saw him with the helmet in the end. You didn't see any Michael Keaton, so you didn't see that. We haven't, we still don't know anything about kind of the other villains. It looked like Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio was kind of an ally That's what it looked of like Spider-Man to, to a yeah. certain extent, um, which in the comics, there are moments when they are allies, but of course Mysterio is a villain, to a certain extent of Spider-Man, or is a villain, not to a certain extent. He is, definitely is a villain. Um, so how that unfolds in the film, we'll see. I like it. I like that they have Mysterio in there. I like that we're not just rehashing Doc Ock or Green Goblin or kind of all these other villains we've already seen on screen. Just like in Homecoming, they did Birdman, uh, or Vulture, excuse me, not Birdman. They did Vulture, where it was brand new villains for the first time seeing it on screen. Um, so I'm obviously all in. I don't need to hear a whole explanation for you, Joe, but you're, you're, you're not – trailer didn't do it for you? I'm not as excited as you are. I mean okay. you got to like change your pants after watching this. Uh, you have to change your pants after watching this trailer. That's a little excessive. <laughs> but uh, OK. Uh, if you guys have seen the trailer. I thought, I, I thought it was – OK. To answer your question – I thought it was. It looks interesting. I'll give it a chance. I'll go okay. see it with you. I'll go see it. I mean, okay. Sounds I like good. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's done some good work, and we'll see how he is. Okay. One I of mean, the more. Go ahead. It just seems. I, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'll okay. give it a chance. Sounds good. Uh, next piece of news, which was surprising, came out of left field. Uh, can Jason Reitman save the Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters 3 is scheduled for release in summer 2020. Jason Reitman directed films like uh, Up, uh, not Up, I'm sorry, um, The Front Runner he did, did Juno, things like that. Ivan Reitman is his father who directed the first two Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 1 and 2. This film will apparently completely ignore the 2016 reboot which had Kristen Wiig and Leslie Jones and all that stuff. Uh, you like Jason Reitman as a filmmaker. You liked a lot of what he's done um, up in the air. Yeah. Um, things like that. You liked the front runner. I did. Um, any interest in seeing Ghostbusters 3 with Jason Reitman? It's the first time he's kind of done uh, kind of, I don't want to say studio work, but the kind of way he's done franchise work. Most of his films have not been that, necessarily and that's what me. Um I I mean, when did the original Ghostbusters come out in the 1980s? 81, something like that. I mean, it's very much an 80s film. Sure. I don't know. I I don't know that it needs. We don't to know get, what stars are going to be in it. I'm we just saying. I don't Bill know. That, I don't know that that franchise needs to get remade. I wasn't a huge fan of the 2016 one. You and I both thought it was. Well, yeah. I thought it was abysmal. You, yeah, no, it wasn't. You and, 
you and me have enjoyed it better more than I did. But I just don't know that the Ghostbusters is a franchise that needs to be rebooted or quote unquote saved. Um, it was fine as a 1980s movie with Dan Aykroyd and you know all the Blues Brothers and everybody like that. You know. With uh, okay, so just Dan Aykroyd. Well, yeah, Dan. Uh, Aykroyd. I mean, that was <laughs> sorry, it, so. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray. Was yeah, there. Bill Murray. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the guy. I was thinking. That's okay. I'm just saying, like, it just it has an '80s feel to it. It was, you know, it had the synth- synthesized music. Okay. You know, it just I I I I don't know that it's such a valuable property that they need to remake this. I mean, maybe because his dad made it, maybe he feels he he owes it to his dad to do this. I don't know. I don't know why he's doing it, but other than the, but it makes sense that because his dad directed those films, he might have an interest in doing it. But it just doesn't seem like that valuable of a property to like reboot the franchise or even make a sequel to it. Okay, that's just my opinion. Okay, uh, that is scheduled for summer twenty twenty. Uh, last but not least, we're going to brush through this last part of theme parks. Couple news, news and notes. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Railroad. I don't know why. No, I always, you can't say I that. I always it's have hard. a hard time say saying that. that. I'm sorry. It's going to be opening in Walt Disney World. Um, is it officially going to open in Disneyland? Because it's rumored to be in Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. So oh, it's, oh, it's oh, only I'm sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood. I'm so misunderstood. it's officially going to open in Disney World, which is in Hollywood Studios. But they are now wait, wait, talking wait, about wait, the wait, possibility. Wait, wait. You're confused me because you, sure. you just said Disney World and Hollywood. Yeah, so Hollywood Studios is one of the theme parks in Walt Disney oh, World. Oh, gotcha. But gotcha, is now gotcha. being rumored to be potentially opening or in development or at least on the table for Disneyland in Anaheim and Disneyland Paris. The ride attraction looks very, very cool. It does look cool. Um, they announced it at 2017 D23, the expo. Um, it looks like brand new ride technology, brand Which new everything. Cool. Um, they're talking about in Disneyland, correct me if I'm wrong, they're talking about using the space behind which Toontown. Is in, or next to Toontown. Behind Toontown, which is one of the spaces, or uh, replacing the Mickey and the Magical Map stage, which is kind of right in front of Toontown. Gotcha. Right across from uh, Toontown Small World, Toontown yeah, area. Uh, which would make sense. Um, I would love it in Disneyland. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but again, this kind of goes to a larger topic that we've kind of hinted at before. Um, we've talked a little bit about original attractions versus you know IPs, things like that. But kind of the other the other side of that coin is overall thoughts on same attractions at multiple Disney parks. Should Disney focus on creating unique experiences for individual parks? Certain attractions, yes, Space Mountain is going to be everywhere. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, to a certain extent, is to a different manner is going to be everywhere. Haunted Mansion, things like that. Dumbo, Alice in Wonderland. Um, yes, you're going to get a lot of those all over. Um, but the idea of creating unique experiences at unique parks versus just, hey, this works in this park. Now we're going to put it in all of our parks. So there's a financial cost to it, right? Where it's like, hey, this really worked in Anaheim. So people like in Anaheim. So now we're going to put it in Disney World. We're going to put it in all these places versus just saying, like Radiator Springs is an example. 
There's no other radiator springs in any Disney park besides Disney California. And that works really well for Disney California. Do you have a thought on that versus having the same attraction at multiple parks? Or should they just try and create unique experiences at each individual park? Since we've kind of touched on the topic of creating new experience of unique experiences and not IPs, mm-hmm. um, I think, in, and this is just me, um, it seems like they're going the way of IPs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that might just be my perception on what's going on. You know, we got the Incredicoaster, we got Marvel Land opening up. Um, it seems to me like it's not that they're at a shortage of unique. It seems to me like that they're at, that they are at a shortage of unique ideas and original ideas that are not IPs. Okay. So because I believe that, I don't think it's a surprise that we're seeing the same attraction at multiple parks. Okay. Um, when we go to Radiator Springs, I don't really. I mean, yeah, you can see the cars. But are people really like immersed in the land like they will be in Star Wars land? No. I don't think so. People go there to ride the cars. The cars ride. You know, and and, and, and hang out with Maynard and uh Mater. Mater? Mater. Mater. Yes. Mater. And Lightning McQueen. And Lightning McQueen. Thank you. Um Cruz Ramirez. Yeah, Cruz Ramirez. Um it just it just seems like that's that's where we're at. Like I don't I don't we've discussed this before. Them making original rides, you know, like the like the original original Disneyland rides that were created before there were movies even made about them. I think those days are over. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of having like a Ratatouille ride in Paris, they're not going to have that anywhere else. They're going to have it in Disney World. They have it in Disney World. Well, they're going to build it in Disney. Okay, World. that's so that kind of goes back to that question. That right? well, no, no. Yeah, I understand. I'm just saying that makes sense to have it in Paris. I don't know that it makes sense to have it anywhere else, but because it's probably so popular, people will probably go anyway. Um, I I just don't see the original rides coming out anymore. And, and and if it's a success in one park, it doesn't it makes good business sense and it's easier. You don't have to create the new you don't have to create the new wheel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sorry you can just copy. you can just duplicate it in another park. Yeah. If there's space. Now in Disneyland, there's not much space. Yeah. So that's 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 a constraint I have that, to tear down for the yes. Um that's just my opinion. I don't know. I just – what do you think? Um, I mean the next time I'm going to Disneyland Paris or Disneyland Hong Kong, like I'll let you know. When I say that, I mean it's more than likely that I won't go to those places anytime soon, if ever. So if there's a certain ride that is only available at those places, the chances of me riding those rides are slim. So – that sucks in that sense that I will never be able to experience those rides. But if they create these rides that are at all of these locations, then in theory I could ride those rides. But again, I think there is something because I like Disneyland so much. I like the pure rides that are specifically in Disneyland. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is only in Disney California Adventure. I like that experience. World of Color is only at Disney California. 
things like that. So who knows? You can kind of have pluses or negatives for both. Uh, let us know what you guys think as well. I think it's a topic that's worth discussing and worth um, worth having some debate about. Uh, last but not least, we did this once before and it was a great success. Joe had previously highlighted the Incredicoaster or California Screaming. So we thought we'd do that again with one Disneyland, Disney California adventure attraction. Uh, so kind of give its history of the attraction, its inspiration, um, if there's any other Disneyland rides inspired by it, and parks around the world, any differences, etc., things like that. So I have a ride. Joe has a ride. Do you want to go first, Joe? Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Okay. I chose Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's one of my favorite rides. always have to ride it when I'm in Disneyland. It is currently in Fantasyland, Disneyland. It was part of the opening day rides in... 1955 in Disneyland. It's based on the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which was released in 1948 by Disney. It's based on the book Wind in the Willows. Um, There was a Walt Disney World attraction uh, of the ride. It closed on September 7th, 1988. It was replaced by Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. A couple little neat little facts. In Disneyland, there are 16 vehicles that ride throughout the ride. It was updated in 1983 to kind of have some newer technology, some newer images, things like that. And there are no other rides around the world, but in Disneyland Paris, there is a restaurant called Toad Hall, which is inspired by Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So that is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And that's the brief history on it. Go ahead and give me what your ride is, Joe. Um... I chose one of my favorites uh, at Disneyland. I think it. I think it was my favorite ride at Disneyland when we did our when we did our top uh, list of rides. Um, Pirates, it's a small world. Definitely not. It's a small world. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. or the Caribbean. I don't even know what it is. That's that's a topic for another day. Is it Caribbean? Caribbean? Who knows. Um, this was originally supposed to be a walkthrough ride. It was it debuted in 1967, and it was the last project that Walt Disney designed. And he it opened like three days after he died um, in 1967. It was originally supposed to be a walkthrough ride, like with a lot with like wax statues and things like that. Cool, but the success of the fact that you mentioned it's a small world and the boat ride um people very much enjoyed that experience of riding in the boat and having the animatronics so that was how this ride came to be um yeah is it there there are other pirates of the caribbean rides i think there's one in i can't remember i i I mean, this was according to Wikipedia. I really couldn't find a whole lot of. I think there might be one in almost every park. Yeah, to be I think so. Um, I know there's, there's like definitely a, one in Disney World. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I thought it was interesting that this was the last that this was the last ride that he designed. It went. It went. It went through a makeover. Obviously, we've touched on that. Um, yeah. It's obviously inspired the film series. It inspired the film, but it wasn't... I, I tried to find what inspired the actual ride, 
Um, I couldn't find much on that. I think Walt Disney was just obsessed yeah. with pirates. And that's cool. Like that's what I mean. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was, it, like I said, um, yeah, it, it definitely inspired the movies in 2003. Started, first movie came out with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all I pretty much had written down. Okay. Um, I Again, I, I had trouble finding the genesis of the idea. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, my, one of my favorite rides. I know we you touched I mean, on. Yeah, you, you I know you, favorite, right? you touched on an interesting um, little piece of info or rumor that we talked about. For those of you who didn't listen to the show about two months ago or so, when we or more than that, when we when we, when we made our trip, you mentioned that some people actually spread their ashes in the waters of. Pirates of the Pirates Caribbean. Caribbean, which it's is a classic. Which People is so it. weird. That's so disturbing. Um, Have you ever seen any little sand kind of around there? It could be someone dead. You never know. It's um, so disturbing. Yeah. But, uh, yes. That that was an interesting uh, rumor that you uh, revealed that I didn't know anything about. But yeah, couldn't find much about that. Cool. But anyway. That was okay. that was my ride. I know we'll be. I'll be looking forward to doing this. Yeah, we, uh, we'll, are we doing this once a month or? We'll, we'll do it once a month. I think it was okay. successful. Um, and then we can eventually do other rides like Universal Studios rides and things like that. Cool. So we can just mix it up. Um, but yeah, next week we are going to do a February film preview like we've done before. Uh, Joe will also give a very very brief preview of 2019 video games. Uh, he'll just hit on some games coming out this year for some different consoles. Because I know there's some uh, video good video game heads out there that... Uh, video game heads? Yeah. We uh, we talked about video games a little bit, very, very little on this show. Um, and we need to give you guys a little bit more love as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, so as always, please rate, review, like, subscribe, comment, and share. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. It means the world to us. We love being here for this hour, hour and a half or so every week. We hope you enjoy it as well. Look forward to seeing you next week. Say goodbye, Joe. All right, everyone. Go check out Glass. Or There's not really many other movies out to see out, so maybe, maybe give it a chance. Let us know what you think. Go see The Green Book if you haven't the seen Green it. The Green Book, yeah. Go I see Spider-Verse. See Spider-Verse 1, Best Animated Are we going to see it? Can we see it this week? We can go see it this All weekend. Right. All right. Spider-Verse 1, Best Animated Feature at the Producers Guild. All right. Uh, Spider-Verse is still out there. All right. All right. Uh, Have a great week, guys. Yep, see you.